Wikipedia said I think I'm at, I'm at like the first seven. So something I bragged and Brad about for a little bit. Like, oh, I was beating you in points until I, until I had to drop off. So, yeah, maybe we could do a little friendly wager or something there for those first seven. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the High Limit Room. This is uh, episode one of the 2024 season. I've lost count of how many episodes total we're actually on, so we're just going to start over in 24. Uh, Dylan Welch with you, along with, of course, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, who are donning their Niners gear after a big win on Sunday, yesterday. Uh, Of course, NorCal guys, so they'll be cheering them on in the Super Bowl uh, two weeks from now, I guess. Uh, As always, we have some wins to toast to. Uh, Kyle won. Wild West shootout at Vado in the late model on January 14th. Brad went three for five in Australia in the sprint car. And we're all drinking water because I guess we're all boring and late now. So cheers, everybody. Um, cheers. I don't have a drink. And I actually <laughs> need to, I actually do need to drink water because I'm still recovering, I guess, from chili bowl flu and a weekend of talking at the Rolex. So, um, so, well, Brad, let's, uh, I guess we, let's, we can start with you since you've won more, uh, in the off season. How was, uh, how was Australia and, and, uh, what else did you do this off season besides, uh, get ready for the high limit season? Yeah, Australia is great. Uh, it's always a nice break. Uh, it's warm weather. Uh, and it's just, you know, the people down there are just a lot of fun to be around. So, uh, went to somewhere different this year, went to Perth and, uh, which is in Western Australia. So, uh, typically we, we've been racing on the East coast for the last few years, but I uh, wanted to check out, uh, Western Australia. So flew the extra five hours and, uh, Perth motorplex is one of the nicest facilities that I've ever been to and seen. So, uh, it's definitely worth the while. Um, you know, had a, had a good trip, won some races, had some great battles. Uh, me and Rico and that Callum Williamson had a really good battle, uh, the first night I was there. So, um, but yeah, all in all fun trip good trip just uh you know kind of gets you back in the swing of driving the car uh we kind of use it as a little bit of a family vacation so uh me rachel and savannah had a good time uh just enjoying the sunshine and the beaches and and everything australia has to offer so other than that just been working on high limit stuff uh really excited um you know to just get to the racetrack and go racing uh all the behind the scenes stuff's been you know a lot of work to, to get to this point but uh we got a great staff and you know, a great roster and a uh, great schedule. So now it's time to uh, go have some fun. So Kyle, your win at Vado, uh, we kind of buried the lead, I guess, since that was at the end of a, of a kind of crazy week for you uh, between Chili Bowl and, and everything else that was going on. So um, I guess you made the right call going back to Vado um, <laughs> at the end of the week, but uh, just take everybody through, I guess your schedule, those those kind of couple days between going back and forth from New Mexico to Tulsa and um and I guess maybe even share your thoughts on on your prelim night. I know it didn't go uh like you wanted to probably at all, but um it was still cool to follow and uh and you know something I'm sure the fans appreciated. Yeah, no, it was fun. And, and too, I mean the plan was to always go back to Votto um for Saturday and Sunday, but um yeah, it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing, which I've done, you know, a handful of times throughout my career, just get, you know, last minute itch that I got a scratch and, uh, yeah, went, uh, decided to, um, you know, give Keith a call to see if I could run Thursday night at, uh, in Tulsa and just, you know, hope, hope that, uh, you know, I'd have a good night and could lock in 
And um, then potentially, you know, Saturday typically runs pretty long there at the Expo Center and thought that, you know, maybe maybe there'd be a window, you know, I, where I could get there in time because everything in New Mexico, you know, starts early and they, they end early too because all the divisions have starters. Um, so thought that we could get done early in time to get there. But uh, ultimately I had a bad prelim night and then, you know, they ran extremely fast on Saturday which uh, was awesome to see, you know, there at Tulsa. So um, it wouldn't have been able to happen anyways, but uh, it was still good to uh, cap the week off with a win. We struggled pretty bad um, that whole, that whole trip there just couldn't qualify. Well, I'd race really good. You know, I, I would drive to the front, you know, from deep um, just uh, couldn't qualify good. And and qualifying is so important in uh, late model racing. It's a, it's, it's really hard to pass in heat races and stuff. And, um, yeah, so finally the last night I qualified good, got a quick time, and uh, the night just kind of went how it's supposed to, and, and ultimately was probably going to run second. But uh, me and Bobby got racing, and he got a flat, and uh, I was able to inherit the lead with just a handful of laps to go and, and uh, win. So either way, though, it was good to good to win a late model race. They're always really tough for me to win, and um, or to run even fairly competitive. So it was it was good to good to get a win. Winner is over, and. All the attention now shifts to, I guess, the day jobs. Kyle, of course, starts the NASCAR season this weekend with the Clash. And then uh, we're just uh, a couple weeks away from the high limit season kicking off at East Bay on February the 12th and 13th uh, with the Battle of the Bay down there. So uh, let's let's talk names first. Uh, 17 confirmed high rollers, guys, they're going to be full time this year with the high limit sprint car series. Um, it's incredibly deep top to bottom i think it's it's a really really solid 17 guys um kyle as as a guy who's going to not be obviously full time but um you know you're going to be able to run quite a bit at the start of the year what excites you the most about this group of guys that have committed to to the full tour for you know this this uh this second season and and the first kind of national season obviously I think what excites me and, and what should excite fans is that we have a, a really great variety of drivers. You know, we've got the reigning five-time World Outlaw champion, as well as, you know, down to, you know, rising up-and-coming drivers with, um, you know, a lot of, uh, not pressure or whatever, but um, like a Corey Day, you know, um, somebody who fans are, are really excited to kind of see how he develops as a sprint car racer and, and all that. So, and then, and then everybody between, you know, lots of drivers with experience, um, drivers who, you know, used to be on tours, um, who, you know, had gone off and, and won lots of big races and kind of established themselves as a top three, probably three to five guy in the country, like Britt Marks, um, Tyler Courtney, who's, you know, and Zeb Wise, who, you know, won the last handful of all-star championships. Um, Spencer Baston. I mean, you could just you could go on and on. James McFadden. I mean, there's so many great drivers with great personalities too. Um, Rico. I'm I'm really excited to see Rico. His first time on on a tour um, to see what him and Ricky Warner can do. Um, you know, there's just like I said, a lot of good guys, and 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 I feel like our schedule too is exciting as well. So um, yeah, it's gonna be fun to follow along. It's gonna be fun to compete against them for you know maybe a third third or more of the events. So. Um, yeah, just uh, excited to get going. I know it's been a lot of work on everybody's part, um, especially here this last month or so to get get things ready for East Bay. But uh, I think everybody's prepared and, and ready to, to get the season going. 
and Brad, obviously you're going to be full time racing. Um, but, but Kyle mentioned Rico and, and he of course is going to be one of the high rollers too. He does normally run that true outlaw schedule. Uh, but how big is it for the series, you know, in your opinion, to just have him finally commit not only to a full-time series, a full-time schedule, but have it be, you know, the high limit schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really big. Rico's worked really hard at, you know, building his brand and, you know, ran exceptionally well last year. So I feel like it's really cool to see how he's going to do, you know, in a structured environment, you know, where there's points on the line and uh, a set schedule night in and night out. Uh, I'm excited to battle these guys, you know, for a championship. Um, I think a lot of those guys have really built really strong programs, uh, even though everybody said that there wasn't enough cars for for two national series or, you know, whatever, you know, other doubt everybody had. But I think that, you know, what we put out there, uh, you know, drew, drew a lot of great talent, you know, a lot of teams that were, you know, capable of probably running the outlaw tour, just didn't want to make that type of commitment. Um, you know, and our, our freedom factor and, and our purses and our, you know, tow money and point money, you know, through this great group together. And I think it's a, it's a much, you know, deeper roster than, than the other group. So uh, I think there's a ton of excitement, you know, building to, to kind of see who's going to rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, whenever I've, I've been a part of these national deals for a long time, and, you know, sometimes you, you think a guy's gonna, you know, be at the top or, or you don't, you know, you count a guy out and, uh, you never know who's going to, who's going to catch fire, uh, or, or click with their crew chiefs or, you know, kind of take that next step in their career. So, uh, you know, that's what high limits is here for. And, uh, is to, is to help elevate some of these guys to the next level. And, uh, you know, just excited. I think it's going to be a heck of a battle. I think that, uh, you know, our last announcement was James McFadden and, uh, you know, he's, he's no sleeper. So I, I just think that top to bottom, um, 17 really strong cars and uh it's just something to be proud of and excited to go battle it out against them all so we were talking before we we started recording about how do you judge who the best sprint car driver in the country is now because it used to just kind of be de facto the outlaw champion um but i think it's it's a totally fair argument that the high roller group is stronger than the group that the outlaw has the outlaws have right now so in your guys' opinion, and, and you can banter on this, but how do we or how do fans determine who is the best sprint car driver in the country, either you know during the year or at, at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to come down to money earned. And then obviously, you know, the races that we do all kind of come together and battle battle it out. The Knoxville Nationals, the Kings Royals, the Houston High Bank Nationals, like those events where the big money's on the line and, and uh, you know, whoever the truly best sprint car driver or team is going to, you know, rise to that occasion, uh, you know, and then it's up to the fans to decide who the best is, you know, uh, but it seems like money earned nowadays is, is definitely, uh, you know, a gauge that a lot of people look at. So I think there's a lot of money on the line and you're going to have, you know, two good groups going after it, but I certainly think our groups, you know, way deeper. I think they have some talent at the very top and then uh, falls off pretty quick, but, I think it'll be a good battle when we all come together. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you agree with that Kyle. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think thinking about it more, I think when you really think about it, it's probably always come down to money earned really, you know, I think for, for all, you know, for a long time, the outlaws, they won all the big races. They, you know, they did have them with the most money earned. Um, And then, you know, like 2000, I don't know if it was 19, 20, I know I had a good season in 20, 
and then 21 and then Mark's had a really good year in 22. Um, and then 23, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know, I guess who, who like 23 would be a tough one. Cause I feel like everybody was fairly equal-ish on money earned um, aside from, you know, Logan and, and gravel um, you win in those two really big paying races. But um, so, I mean, you know, then I think you have to look at like your outlaw champion. So in my opinion, I think, you know, currently Brad would be the best full-time, you know, sprint car racer. So, um, you know, you look what it, you know, he goes to Australia, flies in the same day and, and wins the first night out race with that team. Like, you know, he, he can rise above. So, um, yeah, but it, it, it's fun. It's a fun debate right now. I think, you know, between fans and, and probably competitors on who may have the better, the better lineup. Um, I, th I think you can make a strong case for either one, but, uh, either way, I think I'm just excited to kind of see how we all stack up with each other when we get to run and, and see, you know, how the money earned shakes out at the end of the year. And, um, and then kind of let the fans keep on debating on, on who they think, you know, is the best, uh, your sprint car driver in the country. I think that's that's going to be a fun storyline to kind of follow throughout the year and then it definitely at the end of the season. Is this going to become like a uh, an outlaw versus posse type rivalry amongst the fans? Do you think? I mean, do, is that is that good if it's if you have loyalties like that amongst the fans? How do you guys feel about that? Well, I think even if you have loyalties, I think that you're still a sprint car fan either way, you know, and that's, that's the exciting part is that we're all at the end of the day, still racing sprint cars. And, you know, we're simply under the high limit banner. They're simply under the world of outlaw banner. There's obviously the Pennsylvania posse banner, you know, uh, you have the, these guys out here in California that are, you know, super strong. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's bad to have a little bit of rivalry going on and, uh, you know, a little bit of smack talk happening. Um, you know, and I think that high limit drivers are going to want to beat the outlaw drivers. And I think the outlaw drivers are going to want to beat the high limit drivers because, you know, you're going to want to be considered with the, to be racing with the best group, you know, and that's, I think it's up for debate for the first time in a really long time, what the best group is and, and what that means. So of course, from my standpoint, uh, I want to be the best sprint car driver, uh, you know, in the world. And I feel like that, you know, I have been, you know, in the debate the last five years and, uh, you know, this year I feel like it's even, I'm, I'm even more excited to, to show up and, and try to prove a point. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we talked about the money, uh, the Bob Weicker Memorial got bumped up to $75,000. So that puts the high limit schedule, uh, at nine events at 50 K or more, uh, Lakeside in the spring is at 50 K the Weikert's at 75. Eagle Nationals in Nebraska at 50K. The Joker's jackpot at Eldora, $100,000. Gold Cup at Chico, $100,070 to win. Skagit Nationals, $100,000. Tusky 50 at $57,000. And then Lernerville and the season finale at Texas, both at 50K. So um, schedule-wise, are you guys, are you happy with that number of of big money races? Is it, you always you always want more, I'm sure. But um, I think nine's a pretty solid number and, and, uh, have some big money races in Pennsylvania too, which I know is something you guys are excited about. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, that, that the Wyker, you know, raise their purse. Um, you know, I think that's great, great for Pennsylvania racing, uh, great for Port Royal. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, it, sprint car racing, no matter what, is in a phenomenal spot right now with all the big races, 
on, you know, both, both schedules, you know, high limit and outlaws. And, um, it's just cool. It's cool to see. It's cool to be a part of. It's cool to, to feel like we are, you know, having a quick impact on, on, you know, raising the sport to, to the next level. And, um, you can see it, you, you can see the, the money out there and, and how many traveling teams there are. I mean, we're probably around 30 ish or more, I'm guessing like full time nationally touring teams. So, um, that says a lot. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with those, those big money races, um, as well as, you know, the, the perks on our side is, as far as, you know, the charters and the, the freedom to go run other things and such. So, um, but yeah, those big races are going to be fun to, fun to follow along. And, um, you know, especially I, I'm excited about the West coast ones, you know, me personally being from the West coast, you know, gold cup going to hundred grand Skagit, hundred grand, like that's awesome. I think that's great for the local racer out there to have that opportunity to go, you know, compete and, and, and beat, you know, our, our full-time guys, uh, and win a, a great chunk of money, um, that might take them, you know, four years to make uh, racing locally. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. And just hats off to, you know, Brad and, and everybody involved who've really, you worked hard at, at building the schedule, but outside of that, you know, you know, building these events and talking to the promoters and, and getting them to, you know, put, put some harder money into it and, and uh, growing, growing their events. Well, and obviously, yeah, go ahead, Brad. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it's just to Kyle's point, like there's so many promoters stepping up. Like it's, it's not just us, like, you know, we built some excitement and had some conversations, but we're, st- we're changing status quo. You know, we're, we're getting promoters that, you know, some of these events have had large crowds, you know, that we know that we can support it. Uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, some of the streaming money being, a, being a part of these, these different events. And, you know, it's not all coming down to, you know, the fan at the gate having to pay extra money. Uh, it's just being creative and how we're accomplishing this, but uh, just, just have to thank all the promoters that are, you know, stepping up Kevin Rudine out at Skagit, you know, uh, what they're doing at Port Royal. I mean, you know, now the Weikert's the, the biggest race in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just, it's really cool uh, to just be a part of it really. And, and uh, you know, JP, my right hand guy, and Kendra, uh, B Walk, all the, all the guys, you know, at high limit and then all the staff that came on board that are, that are believing in us, Mike Hess and Karini and Chase Rodman. It's just, we've got an unbelievable staff. Uh, so it's just really exciting. Well, and I know that, the the big money at, at silver dollar for gold cup is something that's near and dear to both your guys hearts what uh can you give us a, a preview i know it's a ways out still but is there anything else besides big money that's going on at gold cup this year <laughs> that people can be excited about the big money to win bikini contests yeah exactly that's what i was implying yeah. <laughs> i think i think i think fans and especially the race teams uh gold cup is one of those events that's like it's more than just a race like i think a lot of people go there to camp with their friends and uh, you, you have the, the things that are outside of the races, the concerts and the glow party and the bikini contest. And I just got a really great vibe and, and a lot of great people, uh, make all that possible in the campground. And Chico's just laid out really nicely for, our, for that to happen with the, the pavilion. Uh, you know, so we have a bar set up in there that, that starts every day. And, uh, we're going to add a few events this year. We're going to do a, like a pit crew challenge and let the, the crew guys try to, you know, on Saturday before the races, try to try to go against the other pit crews and uh, try to make some money, uh, you know, and get the fans involved in that. So uh, we're just always looking for, you know, fun things to keep the fans entertained, you know, outside of the races. And obviously Chico is one of those tracks that if you get it right, 
uh, can put on some crazy good races. Uh, it's just, it's a quarter mile and it's just tough for the drivers. So it, it makes it a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, Chico, uh, gold cup. That's, uh, that's something that we all have circled on our calendars. And I can't believe, uh, after all these years, it, it was 50,000 to win, went back down to all the way to 10. And then, uh, we got it back to 25 and then, you know, uh, with the high limits and with flow support, you know, able to get it, get it back to, uh, you know, one of the crown jewels at a hundred thousand to win. So it's pretty cool. Pretty special. Uh, it's been a family effort. Uh, my wife, Kyle, Caitlin, Colby, Candace, uh, we got a good group with SLC. So really excited that we're able to accomplish all that together. That is August 22nd through 24th. So, uh, look forward to that. In addition to all the other, uh, kind of marquee crown jewel events that are on the schedule this year. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's talk a little bit uh, about some of the cool other things that we're going to be doing at the racetrack this year. Um, the race format's been finalized. It's it's kind of going to be similar to the the format that the All-Stars have used um, the last couple of years. The dice roll has been revamped. So obviously, if you were with us last year, we were always, we were kind of trying to figure out how to make that uh, makes the most sense at the racetrack. And so now the fans are going to be involved in this. So if, uh, if you pre-order or pre, you know, order pre-sale tickets uh, from that group. A fan can be chosen to roll the dice, and then whoever starts in the number that you roll in the feature, you'll split the money with them. So if the second place starter wins, you split two k. If you roll a twelve, the start of the, the driver starts twelve. You split twelve k with the driver. So how did you guys come up with this idea? Um, and I, yeah, I guess how did you come up with this idea? And and I think it's going to be something that's. Uh, hopefully going to encourage pre-sale tickets too. That'll be the biggest thing, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, the, the pre-sale side of it kind of wasn't, was a little bit after the fact, but it just, it's a lot easier to pick someone, uh, someone's name that you have in a, you know, in our database, you know, beforehand. So we know, okay, like we're going to announce this person's going to be doing the dice roll just helps with the planning phase of it, but it also helps incentivize, you know, buying a ticket, you know, early, which is, you know, obviously good for the event. Um, you know, we just, we want to be creative and innovative to keep the fans engaged and, you know, what better way than, you know, uh, rolling the dice and, and then kind of having that added element of, you know, maybe I can win from, maybe my driver can win from eighth. And not only is it just going to be exciting that he wins, I'm going to actually make an extra $4,000, you know? And I just think that's so cool for a fan to, yeah. Is it, is it something that's not going to happen every night? Obviously, uh, you know, it wouldn't be great for, from a high limit perspective if it happened every night for, for the money, but uh, it's just exciting. And, and we hope it actually does happen, you know, a number of times throughout the year. Just uh, we saw that, you know, Justin Peck won the dice roll last year and Kyle won the, won the dice roll last year. Kyle had to move back to, I think like eighth or 10th maybe, or whatever he did. Uh, but Justin Peck, they rolled a three and then he won an extra 3000 bucks. So, I mean, you know, if you would have rolled that three and Justin Peck would have won, you know, it would have been an extra 1500 bucks for the fan. And I just think that's exciting. Uh, I think it'll get the whole crowd involved cheering for that fans driver to, to win. And then obviously you'll have a, a another race within a race. So, uh, yeah, just hopefully fans enjoy it. Hopefully fans win some extra money and, uh, hopefully it's a, a win-win for all of us. The other cool thing is the hot seat, uh, presented by Butler built. So fans, this is another fan uh, engagement activity. Fans can submit questions to Butler Built Hot Seat at HighLimitRacing.com. And then during the dash draw, uh, the pit reporter will ask the drivers the questions. And if your question gets read on air, 
uh, you get a high limit merchandise prize pack. So, um, Kyle, since I haven't asked you a question lately, I think this is kind of fun too. Like the dash draw is kind of like, it is what it is, right? So this is a fun way to kind of just break the ice a little bit, maybe for some of these guys, ease some of the tension, right? And and uh, I would imagine that some of these fans are not going to be shy about asking some strange questions probably. Yeah, no, I think that that's the uh, probably the exciting part about it is that, you know, there are probably, I'm sure, you know, fans will submit, you know, some serious type racing questions or, or whatever, but, uh, you know, I encourage them to have some fun with it. Like, like ask some questions, submit some questions that's going to pull our personalities out, you know, with our answers. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, your race car drivers, um, aside from maybe Thomas Meserol are all pretty stiff, you know, um, and, and not always comfortable of showing their personality, uh, quite as much. So, but with a little, you know, a little bit of encouragement through some fun questions, I think, you know, I think you, you can definitely get it out of us. Um, you know, we all know that we're all fun people, um, outside of the racetrack as we all hang out together, but you know, the fan doesn't get to see that side of us sometimes. So, um, you're getting a glimpse of, of us, you know, lightening up with some fun questions would be, would be good. And, um, you know, Tony Laporta, I think he'll probably be the guy to be asking those questions. And, and I, I know from experience that he's, he's got a big sense of humor too. So he'll be able to kind of, you know, submit that question or ask it to us in an in a even funnier way. So, um, yeah, that's gonna be cool. I think, you know, all these ideas that we're coming up with are just, um, us trying to, you know, engage the fan more, have some fun, make our events more exciting, not only to, to watch in person, but also online and, um, get you following along, you know, the whole time. So, um, should be good. We'll, we'll, we'll try it out here at East Bay and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll make some more adjustments throughout the year or, or add some more, you know, cool, compelling things um, to our programs. And um, hopefully everybody will enjoy it. Can't wait so to gets to- so ask Jake Allen. I, I always like when Jake Allen gets those types of questions. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jake's, gets- Jake's, Jake's a great personality. Who gets yeah. to decide, like, is that Tony that decides what question gets read or gets asked? Like, who who decides which ones get actually asked? Those are above. That's above our pay grade, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it is Pro- Tony. Probably Tony or or Kendra or you know uh, whoever's going to manage that account. Maybe Walkopedia. Walkopedia. Is it like one question a night, or is it like I wonder if it's does every driver? I guess it depends on how many questions get submitted. We so made, we a bunch, and everybody gets to answer a fun yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. We're making the rules right now as we go, so it'll just be <laughs> it'll be whatever whatever looks right. So yeah, perfect. Yeah. So again, that's the email that you can submit those questions is Butler built hot seat at high limit racing.com. So uh, I would imagine there's submissions already rolling in. So get in the queue. If you have some, uh, some burning question that you need to ask and, uh, and maybe you'll get, it'll get asked at East Bay. So, um, so yeah, speaking of East Bay, uh, as we said, February 12th, 13th season starts there battle at the Bay. It is closing down. This is, I think, going to be the last 410 sprint car race at East Bay. Um, what makes this the place that you guys wanted to start the year off at? It's obviously an awesome racetrack, but, um, you know, why did it work, Brad, to, to kind of kick the year off here? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. Just, you know, there's a lot of racing going on in Florida in February. There's not a really, really a lot of other places in the country that you can race. But, uh, you know, I think East Bay has a lot of history. Um you know, it's in a great market and leading into the Daytona 500, there's a lot of race fans down there. Um, so it's just a good chance for us to kind of 
you know, showcase what High Limit's about, um, get our drivers, you know, all together and, and hopefully put on two good nights of racing. Um, but I've, I've only raced at East Bay a couple of times and, uh, both times it was really good racing. Uh, it's, it's tricky. It's sandy, kind of flat. Um, you know, the facility's obviously not the most updated, you know, nicest, but the track races really, really well. And, um, just, it'll just be exciting to get down to some, some warm Florida, Florida weather and obviously hope the fans come out and, and support it. Obviously, uh, you know, the last ever 410 wing sprint car race there, high limits. And then, uh, you know, just, just be really cool to, to kind of see who's going to, uh, you know, win our inaugural race. And that is Monday and Tuesday of Daytona 500 week. So, uh, if you're planning your travels, uh, come in a few days early and, and go check out sprint cars at East Bay. Kyle, uh, what do you think about that place? You like East Bay? Yeah, I think I'll, I only raced there once in two, I don't know, all-star race, I think in 2020, maybe 19. Um, and, uh, it was pretty fast the night that we were there. Um, it, uh, it started to get a little slicker by the time, you know, the last 10 laps or so of the feature. But, uh, yeah, as Brad said, I remember being pretty sandy and flat, um, kind of reminded me of, like Avalon in Australia, like just kind of round and just flat and lots of, you know, wheel spin, um, all that. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the track is ice slick to the fence like we've seen it you know or at least i i think it was that way last year the year before for the all-star races like it was i remember it being just like dead slick and guys were either just like putting around the bottom or just you know wide opening around the fence so um you know and then you'll probably see brad like making some weird line through the middle work so is paul um, gonna is paul gonna have your 57 ready to go by then or yeah it's been <laughs> it's been ready i think i mean it's just been him this whole winter because Trevor, Trevor has been in Australia with Rico oh, I, the whole time, so he finally I saw, he got I saw his Trevor. Guy back. Yeah, he finally got Trevor back. So I think they leave. I don't know. They leave. I don't know. Sometime early next week or so, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to to get back in the 57. I just love sprint car racing. So um, is that yes. is that the is that the only races are you racing there? You're so you're racing both nights at East Bay and then East Bay, Golden Isle. I think Wikipedia said I think I'm at I'm at like the first seven. So you know, Ooh. hopefully I can hopefully Ooh. I got a big buddy and <laughs> something I can brag to Brad about for a little bit. Like, oh I was beating you in points I, until I had to drop off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. We'll do yeah, maybe we can do a little friendly wager or something there for those first seven. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. So that'd be cool. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get going. I got a ton of racing plan on my schedule this year. So, um, I'm sure Caitlin will love me for that and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, all that, but, uh, I know Paul's happy. Uh, I added, I added a few more late model races in my schedule too. So I'm sure Kevin's happy about that. And, um, you know, hopefully get the midget back out again, in the off season, I want to go to Australia. So I got a this, big, I got this big guy's year, a, he's a, he's a junkie when it comes to racing. Yeah. This guy's a, he is a junkie. Yep. <laughs> Never met nobody yeah, like Kyle did. Larson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm excited. No, I think it'll be fun. East Bay will be, it'll be cool to, to get down there and see who can, uh, can have some bragging rights leaving that place. I want to talk to you about the next race, February 22nd, the 24th deuces wild at golden, at golden Isles in Georgia, uh, with the Lucas oil late models. So, 
this is something that again has kind of I think been in you know the work something you guys have wanted to do for a while now kind of have a uh having a share the share the bill night with the late models so um Kyle is a guy who is you know going to run both what excites you the most about the opportunity to not only race both cars both nights but maybe expose new fans to you know each each side of the sport well I mean for me personally I'm just excited because I get to get twice as many races in, um, you know, which is, which is fun. And I enjoy, I really enjoy, you know, racing all different types of cars, but especially on the same night. So, um, I got to run the wing sprint car in the dirt late model, I think, uh, on the same night once before, I think at atomic last year. Um, and that was fun. Um, so yeah, I think for me, you know, for golden Isle, um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of see the, the, the crowd that we get, you know, kind of the variety of fan, um, you know, I don't believe they're, I think Casey's maybe tested at golden Isle, but aside from that, I don't know if the sprint cars really ever been on the track there. So, yeah. uh, it'd be fun for, for all of us to try and figure it out. It's a big, you kind of not a big, big track, but like really sweeping and it's got a lot of banking from what I remember up by the wall. So, um, I watched the late model races that they had there, uh, this past week and, um, you know, hopefully we can get the track rep, uh, with, with a little more water on it, maybe to help, help build a cushion. I think the sprint cars kind of need a little bit, you know, to, to lean on or, or they do better with a cushion than, than late models do. Um, so, you know, last year when I was there, the track was great. I thought it would have been awesome for a sprint car, yeah, you know, monster cushion, like, you know, four or five feet off the wall. Um, it'd have been really cool. The bottom's really flat tractor tires kind of get in the way. So that, that makes it difficult to run the bottom. Um, so I think it's gonna be great racing for a sprint car. And then obviously the late models, you know, they put on a good show. Um, you know, there's some drama there the other night with Ricky Thornton and, uh, Jonathan Davenport. So that was cool to see. Hopefully, hopefully they're still carrying some of that drama on <laughs> by the time, you know, we all get there in a few weeks. So, uh, what do you think of that? Who's, whose side are you on there? Think of that? <sighs> I, I mean, I fully understand why Davenport was upset. And, and I also fully understand, you know, why Ricky, you know, drove it in there. The track was one lane and he had a, a big run off the top and um, the timing just didn't quite work out exactly, you know, the cleanest way into three, but I mean, we all probably would have, you know, tried to stick our nose in there to get, get that win. Um, so I, I don't, I don't fault either of them. I don't fault Ricky for the move. I don't fault Davenport for being mad and, um, I was surprised as bad as Ricky was after the race, just cause, you know, he had won and, and he was kind of the initiator of, of the contact a little bit. And, um, even with, even with Marler, you know, and Marler kind of chopped him, you know, to kind of get all this going, you know, Marler chopped him into three and, you know, and I know what Ricky felt, you know, he lost the air and kind of chased it up. But then I think he was mad that he got chopped like he did into three and he kind of, <laughs> he ran Marler up, uh, a little bit more than, um, he probably had to, I guess, but uh, that made the racing exciting. You know, I was, I was pumped up watching it. So it's not too often you see like the late models kind of getting that aggressive, but uh, you know, Ricky, Ricky's had a super successful season last year. So he's, he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder a little bit as, as he should. And um, you know, he's, he's uh, not taking any crap and, and he's talking a little, little crap too, which, which is cool. Brad, I, I I know you're racing full time, but I always I always like to ask you kind of just the business side questions since you are more involved on that side of things. But um, to have the opportunity to have two series like this racing on the same night, 
Um, you know, what does that do just for exposure and and uh, on a national scale, even even to uh, as we said to fans that aren't familiar with with the other series, maybe or don't think they're fans of sprint cars if they're a late model fan or whatever. Um, how important was it to you to to kind of get something like this put on the schedule and get it put on early? Yeah, I think sprint cars just you know we haven't raced in the south a whole lot, you know, and it, it seems like it's really late model country. So uh, it made a lot of sense. Golden Isles is a a really nice facility and you know with our partnership kind of with lucas oil uh rick schwally has been great to work with uh he runs lucas oil for people that don't know he's he's the main guy he lives eats and breathes lucas oil eight models and uh you know just we had some conversations about it and uh you know they they go to golden isle there for a little bit and then go down to florida and race quite a bit so it made a lot of sense for his race teams and our race teams to to kind of do this event on the way out of florida um, and it, it made a lot of sense for sprint cars to team up there because, you know, the late models have kind of have a bigger draw probably, uh, in that area. Uh, but it's going to allow us to introduce them to, to sprint car racing and, uh, with a little less risk maybe, uh, or more risk. I don't know how you, how you want to look at it, but, uh, just a really cool, unique card for fans. I mean, to see two national series come together, late models and sprint cars to have a guy like Kyle, who's going to be running both, have all our stars, have all their stars, uh, you know, one, one track, uh, you know, one night, you know, Saturday night, I just, it's just exciting, uh, for me. Um, it just goes back to some of the things that we've been saying, we're trying to think outside the box and, uh, trying to create things that are, you know, extra exciting for the fans. And, um, you know, obviously it's going to take a big crowd to, to kind of make it all possible. So obviously we're trying it and then with the hopes that the crowd actually, uh, comes out and supports it. Uh, anytime you're paying double purses on a night, it, it's definitely a, a pricey night. And uh, but we're excited. We're excited to try it, and uh, hopefully, it, it's a good show for the fans. We can get tickets at HighlandRacing.com. Merchandise for sale there too. So uh, help us out and uh, get get your butts in the seats down there. Uh, that's Golden Isles on uh, February 22nd to 24th, and then as we said, East Bay February 12th to 13th to kick off the year. So um, one last thing before we go. Uh, Kyle, the, the NASCAR Netflix show comes out, um, I guess probably like tonight at midnight it's, uh, today's the 29th. So it comes out supposed to come out January 30th. Um, so is there going to be, give people a tease how much, is there going to be any sprint car stuff involved in, in that show? Like what, or is it all just strictly your NASCAR stuff? Uh, I only watched like the first episode and then part of the last episode i believe which was i think there was only five episodes so um there was no strength car stuff or dirt stuff in there i don't think they followed me in any dirt races because it was mostly the playoffs and, and i don't think i raced much um during the playoffs this past year so no there was no i'm pretty sure there was no dirt stuff but uh either way you know that they did a really good job with it out of the you know one and a half episodes or whatever i watched so excited to watch the rest of it um, I know the first episode was mostly, you know, driven around like 2311 and Denny and, and Bubba trying to make the playoffs and all that. So it's, it gets pretty, you know, a lot of suspense and stuff, which Netflix is really good at doing. Um, and then, yeah, the, the last episode that I watched was all obviously around the, the Phoenix, the Phoenix race. So, um, but no, it, it's cool. Um, I know in the fifth ep- episode, they show us a little bit. They show Caitlin and I now our, our chicken coop. Uh, at our shop in Mooresville and um, all that. But um, no, it's cool. It's cool just to kind of see the 
dramatic side of our sport a little bit. And then also, you know, kind of get to see people's personalities and what they're into. Like, you know, William Byron's like really into Legos and stuff and, and build some big, like really big Legos. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I didn't, I mean, I knew he was into Legos a little bit, but I didn't know, like he displays them around his house and, and all that. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. I think the fans will enjoy it. Or at least I hope they do. And uh, hopefully, you know, kind of takes your NASCAR to the next level like it did, you know, F1 and, and golf and, you know, tennis and, and all those other you know, sort of docuseries, sports docuseries. Can't wait to get it all started February 12th and 13th at East Bay. And then, as we said, uh, Deuce is Wild at Golden Isle in Georgia, the next race, February 22nd through the 24th with the Lucas Oil Late Models. As we said, tickets on sale, HighlandRacing.com. You can get merchandise there as well and get uh, all the info you need on the format, the uh, the fun fan engagement ideas that we've come up with and uh, everything else. It's all online at HighlandRacing.com and, of course, on the social channels as well. Uh, guys, thank you. It was fun to catch up with everybody again. And um, it's uh, it's here. It's time to time to get it done and go racing. So we'll, uh, we'll see everybody in Florida in a couple of weeks. Yep. Go Niners. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>